Hey everyone, here's part 2 of episode 20, but we just wanted to warn you of a possible trigger alert in this episode. Some of the topics we discuss may be upsetting to our listeners, and we'd like to give you the opportunity to skip over this section. If you feel this might be troubling for you, please stop listening at the 18 minute mark and skip ahead to 32 minutes and 30 seconds, where we discuss more fun pop culture stuff such as movies and video games. Thank you, and enjoy the show. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I found an article that's... Let me read the title here. It says, scientificamerican.com. The reading brain in the digital age, the science of paper versus screens. And I, oh, that's funny. We're going to be able to loop this in. This is great. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was It was kind of interesting. I only really skimmed the article because, again, it was like a million-mile-long article. And according to the study in said article, it's harder for people <laughs> to focus on just continuous scrolling. I was like, well, you should have took some of your advice and reduced the size of this article. But <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys not self-aware? <laughs> you just wrote it 450 words ago. <laughs> Yeah, this is a very uh, text-heavy article. Yeah, it's a pretty long article, but basically what I picked up from it, and kind of like my preference... The writer was a smartass? Right? (laughs) It said, most studies before 1992 concluded that people read slower, less accurately, and less comprehensively on screens than they do on paper. In the early 90s, however, it produced more inconsistent results. It said that... Ebooks only make up 15 to 20 percent of all book sales, which I thought was interesting. That's pretty low, but I'm actually kind of curious. Out of book sales, I wonder how many audiobooks are being consumed. What do you prefer, Tyler? I still prefer the old school. Actually, I like a physical copy of a book. I like being able to hold a book. I like to carry the book with me. Like it's part of it's my day. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to work. I'm going to have my lunch break. Oh, I've got a book with me. I'm going to read this book while I eat my lunch kind of thing. Yeah. It just kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I do have a digital book and like I use it from time to time because there's some free books out there you can get. And it's like, oh, I want to read that so I can get it for free on here. And I still prefer the old school way of holding a book, turning the pages, marking the pages when you're done. I don't know. They both have their advantages. I, yeah. I have a Kindle and I like the Kindle because if I run across a word that I don't feel 100% confident that I that I know what it is, I can look it up like immediately. And that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. There's there's a lot of huge advantages to it, but it's, I don't know. I like the... I Yeah. I'm with you. I prefer a book too, but I'm like such a spaz naturally that, I mean, even like right now, it's hard for me to like pull things up and do that while I'm doing this show because my mind is already in two, three places at the same time. But... I have like 30 windows open probably right now. Well, what was what's this actually? I did a quick Google search. For me, as an old person, to be able to access information as soon as I want to fucking read it and look at it is like amazing to me. So all three of them are very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like to use a combo of all, all of them. Yeah. Oh. Th- this is interesting. This says goodreader.com from January 2019 said that. Print books remain the most popular format in reading, with 67% of Americans having read a print book in the last year. While the sheer amount of ebook readers are similar to those from a survey conducted in 
2016, there's been a modest but statistically significant increase in the share of Americans who listen to audiobooks from 14% to 18%. I do love audio. I listen yeah. to Moby on audio. Oh, nice. Uh, Michelle Obama's book? Fucking mm. great book. Yeah. And I, I, I slowly read that. 80 and Sunny. Look it up. What was interesting, you know, the point of this article was kind of like, is it a generational thing? Is it really changing? For me, like, I honestly, I think it all depends on how you learn. Yeah. If I'm going to take notes and really retain something, if I type it, I don't remember it as much as if, if I physically write it down because the process of doing that, I don't know which podcast it was we had mentioned a long time ago, it could have even been season one, that they used writing in script lettering as a form of brain damage patients recovery. So mm. because your body is physically connecting your hand, it's like hand-eye coordination, right? But it's it's using letters oh, and man, building your brain amazing. back up. Like just like even thinking about that made my brain go on fire, didn't it? It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it reminds me, you guys ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. I've seen okay. a couple episodes here and there. But I will say this. When I think of Buffy... Eliza Dushku's hot. No. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. She is hot if she's not bulldozing you in an airport. Sarah Michelle Galar. Yeah. But when I think of Sarah, I think of I think of One Life to Live. That and Erica Badu. <laughs> Look that shit up. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and she, had, she was a brunette and... She looked cuter as a brunette. Yeah, she looks way better brunette. But anyways, there's there's a bit in Buffy, and there's she has a, a character who who looks after her because she's a slayer, and there's a watcher. The watcher is like the her her sage or scribe who gives her knowledge to go fight the evil things. But okay. anyways, there's there's a one little quick segment I sent on the chat about where he talks about how books can be tied to scent memory, how like each book always smells a little different. And it has a different, like, when you smell it, you're around it, you kind of, it brings back the memories of what you read kind of thing. Like how, you know, scent being tied to memory and all that. Honestly, what is it about them that bothers you so much? The smell. Computers don't smell, Rupert. I know. Smell is the most powerful trigger to the memory there is. A certain flower or a whiff of smoke can bring up experiences long forgotten. Books smell musty and, and, and rich. The knowledge gained from a computer is... It, it, it has no, no texture, no, no context. It's, it's there and then it's gone. If it's to last, then, then the getting of knowledge should be uh, tangible. It should be um, smelly. That totally makes sense, because like, if you get an old book, it just has that musty old mm. smell to it if you get a new yeah. book it doesn't really smell like anything just print like the glue and and you know whatever that might be but it's what i found most interesting was because i think we're reading more audiobooks because we're busy you know yeah. there's longer commutes people are traveling yeah so it's like it's a good way to you know listen to a podcast to obtain some news you know read a book someone reads it to me i can just do these things while i'm doing my normal mundane things but what was interesting it said in 2000 
2008 survey of millennials, which is people who were born between 1980 and 2000, in case you didn't know. You know those people that are ruining the planet. <laughs> uh, University of Rhode Island study Oh, shit, I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Pull the plug. Pull the plug. Damn it, no, me no, too. No, <laughs> it says the study concluded that when it comes to reading a book, they even prefer a good book in old-fashioned print. And in a 2003 study conducted in the National Autonomous University of Mexico, nearly 80% of 687 surveyed students preferred to read text on paper as opposed to on a screen to understand it with clarity. So that really wasn't that long ago in the Mm -mm. grand scheme of things. And that's young kids, you know, a generational thing, and they're still preferring paper which i i find interesting when patty smith writes a fucking book a big part of the production of that book has to do with the tactile senses and how the paper is and the edging is and everything about what yeah. you touch with yeah, that the fucking feel, book. the paper quality the weight the all the, the touch, little the things feel, that go the in magic the fabric of our life. books <laughs> she she wrote a book about her and Robert Maplethorpe and the pages of it on the outside are like so rigid it's like the 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 joy division tesla image mm. it's this, this like really undulating amazing and that like that that was done by design because that's how much she loves books i know it's 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 funny when we talk about the whole scent memory thing like the one of the books I have, like one of the oldest ones I have, and it's it's like an old version of The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, the very first one. Okay. It's from the 80s. I think the book came out in like 82, 83, right when I was born. And the one I have is from that era, and it's it's old. It's beaten up. I got it from a library book sale kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's got like all these smells, and it's got this weight, and it's, you know, it's got this weird, like, it's a novel so it's like a paperback, but it's like the size is different than normal paperbacks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just like, it just got this feel to it. And that's one of those books I, re- I really loved as a kid. And like, I still go back to it, you know, pick it up and you get all the memories of reading that book, come back, like rushing back again kind of thing. Do you prefer a hardcover book or a softcover book? Hard. Yeah. I, I love I love hardcover just for the aesthetic on my mm-hmm. bookshelves, but in practicality, I do love <laughs> paperback just for carry. If I'm carrying a book around, I like a paperback just because it's easier. I will to... suffer through a hardback just to yeah. have it. Yeah, that's funny. So fuck so... Mary Kill <laughs> <laughs> in, bo- in, in book paperback, paperback hardback or audio. <laughs> <laughs> hard. <laughs> I like it hard, baby. Yeah, I have to. I have to marry hardback. <laughs> Would you? You yeah, both go I'd, for I'd, hard. Yeah, I'd, I'd marry hard. Hardback. Fuck paperback because it's expendable. <laughs> it's the one off. It's the one off books you just want to like get you know read, but you don't want to like highlight in your bookshelf. Right, right. That's funny because my favorite book that I the first like what I felt like was like I'm sort of my my brain is getting bigger and becoming an adult was I read a, at a very young age a book about Harriet Tubman and it was a paperback book and that was like a life changing book for me. Nice. I actually would like to change that fuck Mary kill from paperback hardback to audiobook. 
book to paperback, hardback, or cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a long running marriage with cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, cliff notes is great for like if, if you want to know about a book, but you don't want to read it. Like, you right. know, you hear, you hear there's a lot of like problematic things with it. And you're like, I just want to want to know the gist of it, but I don't want to actually slog through all the I don't the, have time for 300 you know, pages. <laughs> Anti Semitism and racism. That's Who's in this rapey book. perspective? Yeah, exactly. Usually some old crusty white dude and it's like okay right i wonder who writes cliff notes some poor soul <laughs> are you googling who <laughs> who writes cliff notes uh-huh. <laughs> oh check this out company history cliff notes was started by a nebraska native named clifton hillegas in 1958 he worked at a nebraska book company in lincoln nebraska when he met jack cole the co-owner of cole's a toronto book business and he was like, Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, it says the fuck. guides present and create literacy and other works in a pamphlet form or online. So you can still get these cliff notes. But now online. I found, uh, I was Googling image search of the book I was talking about, Dark Tower. I found the version that I own. Oh, cool. It's from, Bertley was printed in 1988. That's crazy. The first Stephen King book I read was Cujo. Oh, damn. And Cujo is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. It's very graphic. Because at this point, he was just a full-on money-making machine. Cokehead. Yeah. He could say and do no wrong. As long as he churned something out, that's all that mattered. Yeah, he he was a machine at that point. That's the thing about the Dark Tower trilogy, or not trilogy. It's it's a series. There's like seven books. Okay. It it's very. It's, it's like a movie his magnum. Too, right? You said. Oh, uh, yeah, they have a movie of it. Don't watch the movie. The movie is <laughs> god awful. It has okay. Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. Okay. And Idris Elba is the lead, and it is just. What was a good movie was the prison movie, which was a short story that Stephen Shawshank King Redemption. Wrote. Yeah. No, what was that? Oh, there was another one he did, Green Mile. Oh yeah. That was a great, yeah. And that's another one that got adapted with a movie with Tom Hanks and uh, Michael Clark Duncan. That was a good movie. Did you see oh. that they're re-releasing Pet Cemetery? Yes. Why? Well, they're rushing it after it did really well. It's kind of interesting. Uh, why did um, it do well? It was all right. It wasn't like that bad. <laughs> oh, I guess it's already out. I'm sorry. It's out oh, is now. It? Yeah, it says. Uh, oh no, Friday, April fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's Sunday, April fifth. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the but clock now it's uh, drops, it's March <laughs> oh, that's so funny everybody's a subtle smart ass <laughs> we actually were talking about that yesterday we were you know mentioning that Pet Cemetery had been remade and we were kind of all going through which Stephen King movies do you kind of hope that get remade and which ones definitely shouldn't get remade Pet Cemetery was scary yeah I don't well, first off, I'm kind of sad because now nobody's going to be able to enjoy Edward Furlong in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh. Well, the thing I the thing I don't like about the trailer they put out just recently for Pet Cemetery, which I think is this one you just sent, is they give away like all the plot beats of the movie. Oh my god, I love that because then I don't have to have that Alice in Wonderland experience. Well, <laughs> but maybe they did that because they're like everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, like everybody knows, but it's, I don't know. It's just. I don't know, if you can watch a trailer that sums up the whole movie in two and a half minutes, you're not doing a trailer right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's supposed to get you enticed be like oh i want to find out the mystery or the intrigue of this or i, I want to know how the story unfolds not like that, here's the cliff notes <laughs> right <laughs> i like how you looped it around there <laughs> yep i had my moments let's see what movies oh the one that we all decided should not ever be remade was misery with Kathy Bates, because that movie's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I added it to my queue on Netflix, but never watched it. Oh, you've never seen that? Oh. Did they do a remake of it? I've seen the oh, original one, because I think that Netflix has a, a one they redid. I don't they think redid. they did remake I it. I thought you were talking about that one. You know what I can say about Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates loves weed. Nice. Okay, yeah, it wasn't Miss... No, it just came out in 1990. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Kathy Bates also kept her breast cancer a secret because she knew that if it became public, she wouldn't get insured to make movies. So she quite literally didn't tell anybody that she was having this experience. That's, that's the honest to God truth. She's a boss. It's fucking tough being a bitch. <laughs> She's a boss. The thing about Misery was when she sticks that fucking block of wood between his ankles. Woo! Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Gerald's Game. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, they did a remake of that on Netflix. He wrote Christine, too, right? Yes. He's, he's, isn't it he's, like a weird, weirdly... Isn't it, It's like an oddly good movie. It's like, it's so stupid. Right? Did they remake that? I think because the acting is like as good as it can be, I guess. Right, yeah, considering there's a crazy car. Yeah, they did remake Christine. 2016. Yeah, he really had a thing for cars after getting hit by one. <laughs> Shocker. Changes the whole trajectory of your life. It's Yeah, he's one of those authors, it's like, he does some really great stuff, but you can see a lot of his flaws. It, racism and sexism. Did you write a book about semi-trucks, like, attacking... Oh, uh, Maximum uh, Overdrive. Yes, Maximum Overdrive. And then he directed the movie because he's, he got mad when Kubrick did uh, The Shining that no, no director can properly adapt his movies to a screenplay. Oh, so God, he did Maximum Overdrive. Ever. <laughs> and it is the fucking <laughs> worst. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before, like how he bowed out of it after like, yep, I did wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's funny. I just, it, I find it weird that they're remaking all... All these movies. Writers. We don't we don't pay our writers. I mean it's not really weird. It's basic math. It's oppression. They don't <laughs> well, we no, don't the, pay writers. Well, it's, it's that and people vote with their dollars. They see remakes do oh. really well. We're looking at look how many remakes come to theaters of movies why and how vote? well they do. Why would, why would you vote with your dollars in that way? I guess because you're Cause, like trying because you're having like they're wanting to have our nostalgic experience, like not to sound like an egotistical shit. I mean, is that I don't understand. Yeah. It, well, it, it's geared towards our generation. I mean, look at a new IP, like a new intellectual property, but look at Stranger Things. Yeah. That totally feeds off all the nostalgia of the 80s, which, you know, our generation grew up in the 80s. Like, we, you know, experienced all the things that happened then, and, like, it presses all those buttons. Like, oh, yeah, I remember the 80s. The 80s were great kind of thing. I love the 80s. Yeah. The bad clothes, the hair bands. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't fucked up from the drugs, you were fucked up from the marketing. That's all I got to say about the fucking yeah. 80s. <laughs> right. The thing is, you know, they keep making remakes of old movies, and they keep doing well at the box office. So Hollywood's like, okay, people like remakes. Let's keep making remakes. So, again, voting with your dollars. You know, if people go out and see it, essentially. They're like, oh, it did well. 
so we're gonna make you know another it and then now we're gonna do a pet cemetery i mean michael jackson did well in the 80s too but i don't think we need to be fucking remaking that shit we need to be fucking cutting that clean out yeah but they made you know michael jackson documentary and you know you guys watched it so yeah we did watch it what's it called neverland something return to neverland or <laughs> right <laughs> finding neverland <laughs> I, I remember part two leaving neverland <laughs> oh yeah that's what it was called leaving neverland exodus <laughs> fucking oh here's an interesting article it says michael jackson's daughter says that it is not her role to defend her dad over alleged child molestation allegations which she's right yeah, it's, it's totally not, not her role <laughs> She's not that person. My biggest takeaway from it, because the these gentlemen who are in the documentary are getting death threats, which quite frankly seems like, in my opinion, if these men are getting death threats, it means that the thing that you were hoping and believing that Michael Jackson presented in the world isn't true by the very idea that you were presenting violence on somebody else. Yeah. If you're a Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. The other thing is, is that one of these guys went off to like dancing really was his life he really loved that he was natural at it he was the choreographer for NSYNC Britney Britney Spears Spears, he was he worked with Paula Abdul he (laughs) I mean like back in the day Rhythm Nation like everything was so choreographed to a T so for this guy to come out at this stage in the game after everything is said and done, it does nothing but ruin his career. Yeah. He's getting death threats on the regular. The The cool thing that I took from it was the other gentleman who also was in, in the industry in some capacity early on, he was like, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing I can do when the spotlight is no longer on this documentary is just to continue to talk and be an advocate of people who have had a similar experience. And I couldn't agree with that more i mean oprah winfrey is taking a huge hit on this Mm. the jackson family is really not pleased with this situation in part because they want to bring people together the guy actually did so much good for children and simultaneously did something else altogether yeah and you know the thing is is that he's like the liberals version of trump And the one thing that both of these have in common is this over-exaggerated need for sex. And that's just got to stop. It's just got to fucking stop. Just fucking get real, man. Just pull one out like everybody else. (laughs) Just get her done. (laughs) I mean, the one guy, his dad had a fucking mental break. He, He himself had two mental breaks before coming to terms with with the big picture. And by the time he came to terms with the big picture, his whole basis of his reality in life was based on his dance career, which he admired Michael Jackson for. It was a fucking double-edged sword. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, that's one of those things I kind of I struggle with. You know, from an artist standpoint, I like a lot of the stuff Michael Jackson did. Mm-hmm. From He's like a socially talented. conscious perspective... You know, he obviously had a really shitty upbringing. He, you know, he was fucked up from the get go. His life was jacked, and not to justify what he did, but like to try to explain, like you know, what he did was terrible and repugnant. But yet he wasn't mentally sound. And but it was it was a, a symptom of what was going on with him. But it doesn't excuse what he did. Kind yeah, of thing. that's how I feel about it too. Like he 
I don't think he did this to every child. I think he did this with the ones that he felt he could do this with. Yeah. Yeah, because um, because if he did this to Macaulay Culkin with the kind of background and the people that he had working around him, or or Corey Feldman. Like those people had handlers and a big. They were in Hollywood. These these other kids were like in commercials or like Offset. Yeah. In my personal opinion, if if Macaulay Culkin and Corey Felderman didn't have the high profile that they had, I rest assure you, the same thing would have happened to them. There's there's no way after watching that after today that i could feel anything other than that well here's the yeah. other thing too it's it's just like just because i'm gay doesn't mean i want to bone every chick i see yeah you know it's the same thing he probably found solace in macaulay culkin because they had a very similar upbringing they had horrible fathers they were both thrusted into the spotlight and <laughs> they just kind of blew up like that so he probably wasn't attracted to him, attracted to him in that way i mean it would be all up for speculation i think that if whatever he could get away with doing he would do yeah. If he was attracted to it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he said that he always gets what he wants. And I'm I'm sure that's kind of the mentality that he had. I mean, he was like bigger than Elvis. The one guy had a jewelry box, Tyler, that was mm. about as long as our cell phone. Jesus. And he opened it up sideways. And in it was a row of these really opulent rings. But they were teeny tiny little rings. Mmm. And they would go into jewelry stores and lie and say that they were picking out a ring for a lady friend for Michael Jackson as a surprise. And that as a young man, his fingers would be about the size of a woman. Oh, damn. Now, for a very, very long time, I weighed about 90 pounds for a very, very long time. (laughs) (laughs) And my ring finger was a size four. These rings, to me, looked more like a size two or three. So that means that the jewelry store people were turning a blind eye to these teeny tiny rings. These yeah. opulent teeny tiny rings. It was cr- it was crazy. I think if he, could, if he could get away with it, he would do it. But in the same token, I think ignorance begets ignorance and women's silence fucking just fuels that and granted these are men and by the way uh, what was the statistic like one in six men are sexually assaulted or molested and that's only the guys that admit to doing it because guys don't want to admit to doing it but there's a stigma about yeah men coming forward about you know abuse at a young age or even abuse in adulthood like in a relationship yeah the crazy thing about that like it's so simple to me if a young man is with somebody who is a full-fledged adult in history and life experience, is seducing a young boy who has never had that experience, by the time he's at the rightful age of trying to figure that out for himself, it's already disjointed. If you're only going by the, the logic of, oh, well, at least, you know, isn't every young man's dreamed of, <laughs> look, it's just wake up, people. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah, societal norms are shitty. It, it changes the trajectory of how everybody thinks. It changes the trajectory of everything they think of thereafter. And in both of these guys' case, they are having mental collapses, and that's what's bringing them forward. The unfortunate thing is, is to get attention to it, they had to file lawsuits well after 
Michael Jackson had had passed. So it makes it look to somebody who's maybe not digging into this further and is just reading the tagline. It makes it look like they were gold diggers. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you could walk away from watching because we watched the HBO special and the Oprah special. And by the way, Oprah did a special where she had 200 men in her audience holding a photograph of themselves in eight by 10 at the age that they were molested. And if you ever see one Oprah in your entire life, watch that one. That sounds dark. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, definitely something need to watch just to understand the severity. Yeah. It's very explicit, so it's kind of hard to watch. But I don't know why you would lie about something like that, especially the one dude, because he's successful. It's not like he really needs the money. I don't know about the other guy's career or whatever, but I just, I don't know. I don't think you, because you know, like... The new thing, 2019, all over the place, it's not a new thing, it's just way more common, is death threats. (laughs) It's much easier to threaten someone now than it was back in the day. So, like, why put your family in that position? Yeah. Doxing is a huge thing. Yeah. Which brings me back to the beginning of this conversation. That is the contrary of what Michael Jackson wanted in the world. And if the only positive anybody can take from this, Woody Allen's art or Louis C.K.'s art or Michael Jackson's art, take the positives from that and move fucking forward. But you guys have to recognize that what, what's going on is, you know, I mean, to, to not recognize it means that you have a dirty closet. Go clean up your fucking closet. Yeah. You're complicit in it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when I when I see I sent you guys a the Macaulay Culkin interview. Him and Corey Feldman were both like, "All I can say is, for me, nothing ever happened, and all I can speak to is what I know." And and I don't. Him and Mila Kunis attended his funeral. Yeah, no, I I think that they had a different type of relationship. I agree. So. I agree 100 percent. I think I think both people are telling the truth, which just makes it that. I mean. That's why it's called fucking abuse. It's and and you know the crazy thing about it is is like it fucked these families up. It wasn't like oh just the boy was affected. Yeah, it fucked everything yeah. up. It changed no, the trajectory know. of everybody's life. This guy is an icon. My favorite point that one of them made was it's not just this or that. It's always this, that, and the other. Mm. Absolutely, it's never just as easy cut and dry as this or that it's always this that and the other and it's the other that's the squishy part that nobody wants to talk about yeah and they want to make it about other they want that's you that's them over there that's those people over there no it's us we're in this together right It ripples. It doesn't just hit that person. It ripples. 
yeah, it's it's fucked up. Yeah, people suck. I mean, people. I, as a rule of thumb, I like to believe people are still intrinsically good. It's there's still like that twenty percent out there that are just fucking shit beings. You know, the thing that Michael Jackson did that was the worst part of his situation was that he just repeated what his dad did. He knew how to manipulate young people. Yeah, he perpetuated the cycle. Yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't excuse it, but he definitely was not a normal of normal brain adult capacity yeah the little boy with the rings he made vows with these little boys they took this love seriously this was their first love it's crazy yep the love was so deep the one guy's wife the choreographer's wife was like love is a powerful thing she fucking knew her husband so well. They had a child together. They were they were an amazingly cute couple. They both couples were cute, quite frankly. And you could tell they were so connected with one another. And she was pissed. She was so pissed that he fucking lied about this and like kept this from her because they you could see that they were so connected. But because of that connection, when when you know as it's been coming out of the limelight, you could see that she understood the manipulation of love of this little boy. Yeah, well, it, it's it's that grooming, like where a lot of predators groom their prey essentially to think that this is okay, to think that it's all right, and that this is natural, normal, and yeah, it's just it's fucking yeah repugnant. I I think like you know using the information that we've learned from what has happened, what has transpired, using that to prevent it from happening in the future is the best thing we can use with that information. Science, like motherfuckers, yeah. science. <laughs> science fact yeah it's, it's one of those like again we said i appreciate his art the guy i can't get behind but it's 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 it sucks because you you want to it's it's a i don't know it, it's really tough it's but you, you know what's come out of it i, I love me some justin timberlake <laughs> <laughs> you right we all love justin timberlake Please don't be awful. <laughs> no. He brought sexy back. That's one of those things I always worry about like when I start getting really like infatuated with celebrities. Like, oh, you're a really cool person. And then like, please oh, don't please fuck don't it turn up. on me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, he's a good kid. We only got four minutes to save the world. What else you got there, man? I was going to end it on a high note Ooh, and high. talk about some fun things I saw recently because I've been watching some movies. I went and saw Captain Marvel. What'd you think? Oh, nice. How was that? I really enjoyed it. Oh. To sum it up, it's not the best Marvel movie I've seen, but it's a really good, fun, succinct story that kind of, it dies, it, it has kind of like a deep character dive into Brie Larson's Veer's character. Okay. About like, basically she's, she wakes up as essentially a super soldier what this race called with it the krill or the Cree. i think it's Cree because they have so many fucking similar names it's always hard i was jumping yeah the Cree. i think they're setting you up for a really good part two um no well they're tying her into the next avengers movie which will be coming out about a month and a half i believe oh, i think it's I in april her up, yeah spoiler alert <laughs> Yeah, so basically because for Marvel's Infinity War, the movie ended with Thanos winning, essentially. And a bunch of people got erased from existence. And the last shot in one of the stingers, which is the little movie vignettes at the in the trailers, is Nick Fury using his pager to call somebody. And the pager falls down. And you see the Captain Marvel logo on it. Oh, okay. 
And so basically that ties into this. And so now it, this movie jumps back into the 90s when Captain Marvel was is from that era. And it's a young... And let's face it, the 90s were amazing. Well, oh, dude. So if you like the 90s, you're going to love Captain Marvel because it is an homage to everything beautiful of the 90s. Well, that's what I did see. The soundtrack for the movie has got... Salt and Pepper, Garbage, TLC, Nirvana, No Doubt, Hole, REM. Like, you can't go wrong. Yeah, the yeah, soundtrack's really good. But it's it one of those, like, the whole time I was like, I know they're going to play No Doubt. I'm just a girl. I'm just waiting for it. I know it's coming because it's a 90s movie. And it's, you know there's going to be a No Doubt. Like, I'm just a girl song. It's come pop up something. Gwen Stefani was like, you bet your ass I'll get paid for that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get the residuals on this shit. Man, I'll watch fucking Gwen Stefani bounce on a stage any day. Right? She always made me yep. want to get a really tiny t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Oh, wait. It always made me want to watch a tiny <laughs> tank top. <laughs> so, well, yeah, definitely. We'll ha- Once I, uh, on my spring break, maybe we can uh, head out and see it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I said, like, it, it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. Again, it's definitely a 90s movie made for our generation. Again, like we discussed earlier. I'm so glad to hear that like it's just fun. I think maybe that's what's pissing everybody off because like, you know, I'm at work doing my thing and I see MSN popping up and you know, I see like somebody fucking griping. I was like I'm like I'm like, who's saying this? Is this like a real thing? Is you is this a made up thing? Is this poor girl It's it's okay. So personally I like Marvel movies because they make fun movies. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen a bad Marvel movie movie i think the last one was like the hulk movies those have jennifer codley in it so if you're like (laughs) just a simpleton they're they're not empirically good movies you know it's got some good people in it but they're not good movies yeah but they've consistently found the formula that makes a movie fun and engaging and entertaining even when a marvel movie is kind of like okay it's all right it's okay like the ant-man i always refer to ant-man the ant-man series it's like oh they're they're fun movies they're more family oriented they're not the best, but they're still. I go and I I laugh. I have a good time, and like I leave happy. Don't be mad at me, but what what is probably the last Marvel movie I saw? We saw Wonder Woman. That is DC, actually. Oh, that's sorry. not Marvel. <laughs> is, is you sorry. see how bad, oh, girl? You put yourself out there. I'm sorry. I'll say Captain America: Civil War. No, I'm gonna no, really. We haven't no, seen that one. See that. I was going a little further back because you said that. I was like assuming like I haven't seen one in a long time. No, I don't. Well, I don't watch. A, I I only watch. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the last one. Guardians of the Galaxy too. Which, by the way, I was at Urban Outfitters and they had a Guardians of the Galaxy in like a clearance bed in the vinyl, and I brought that home, and there are some great songs on there. <laughs> oh no, the soundtracks! The soundtracks on Volume One and Two of Guardians of the Galaxy are perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like, amazing. Great. The, I mean, the thing about movies is it's supposed to be an escape, and it's supposed to be fun. And if that's if they're pulling that off, I think they're doing their job. I think people yeah. are so okay. You can't please everybody. So when so many people watch a movie, clearly, because if if you want to see an example of that, watch the first L word. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you just if you can find entertainment in the movie, it's cool. Like I may like a movie, Tanya may hate the movie. Like it, it's just what it is. It's all the only time yeah. I get real persnickety with something like that is Batman in particular. Yeah. I do not like any of the Batmans up until Christian Bale. 
No, I get that. Yeah, because it was yeah. a lot of the earlier Batmans were tongue in cheek. It was almost like the Adam West Batman, but dialed up to eleven <laughs> to make the obligatory. <laughs> Although Danny DeVito unfortunately gets flushed down that toilet, but he's probably my favorite. Like, oh, character dude, his actor. performance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I've been down here too long. It's time for me to ascend, to reemerge. I'm actually kind of sad to say that the last movie we had seen is not Black Panther because I've I've been wanting to see that. But for whatever reason, we just didn't make it to the theater in time and I haven't rented it, it yet. It's on uh, Netflix. Oh, is it on Netflix now? Yeah, the contract between Marvel and Netflix, it's expiring because basically Disney's going to pull all of its properties from all the various streaming things and make their own streaming okay. because Disney is a conglomerate. Oh, yeah. So I'd recommend watching it sooner rather than later. But right now, the contract is that any Marvel movie is going to pop up on Netflix. Oh, cool. So you can watch, you can watch Ant-Man, you can watch Avengers Infinity War, you can watch Black Panther, uh, I think Spider-Man Homecoming's on there. I guess we know what we're watching tonight. My favorite thing about the Black Panther, the original trailers, because they didn't last long, but the original trailers had Gil Scott's Heron's B-movie in the background, and I thought, mm. wow, that's pretty ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, like, you know, side note, I'm in awe of how well Black Panther did because it came out in February of last year. It was in theaters for four months. Wow. That's really rare these days because most things usually have like, you know, about a month or two runtime. It life. was in theaters for four months. It was still in theaters when the DVD came out. Spike Lee, you can take solace in that, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor buddy. <laughs> Fucking true. But yeah, that was an achievement in and of itself. That's cool. No, definitely it's high on my list of watch it. <laughs> yeah yeah up there you know we didn't do really academy recap but that's one of those it was nominated for best picture which you know it should have been yeah but why would they give it to a comic book <laughs> i think the academy's finally starting to acknowledge that hey comic book movies are part of our culture now and we need to at least acknowledge it and especially it's a comic book movie why of we, people yeah, of why color are we throwing such a wedge in a hard line in a, in a medium form that's so i mean especially now jesus how archaic is that in addition to Captain Marvel, the other Marvel movie I want to talk about is the one that won Best Animated Feature, which broke the record. I think Disney had held it for 14 years between uh, Pixar and their animateds. Okay. Was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. You were telling us about that. Yeah. You know, I, I watched it because uh, Sony has it that you can access their movies because it was a Sony made movie. You can access it early before it comes out and everything. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out because I, I missed it in theaters. And I wish I had seen it in theaters because holy shit, it was probably one of the best movies I saw of last year. Oh, wow. Well, hey, check this out. It's actually playing still in Scotts Valley. Oh, yeah. Because I know some theaters brought it back because once it won the Oscar, oh, there were like, were theaters like, yeah, that brought we'll it back. Money. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, well, it won the best animated feature, so let's bring it back and let people see it. Oh, yeah, it's funny. The theater I go to when I went to see Captain Marvel, they literally were only playing Captain Marvel the day I went. Oh, <laughs> like, crazy. I think, I think there was like one showing of like How to Tame Your Dragon, that new one. Oh, yep. But like all, otherwise, it was like every hour on the hour, they were having a screening of Captain Marvel. 
That's awesome. Well, I wonder if this will open up Marvel to doing more animated versions of their their stories because they've been doing, you know, DC and Marvel have just been doing a lot of live action. But if this yeah. one for animated, maybe that'll open up the opportunity for more. It's kind of yeah. a shame. Like there isn't, I guess, probably because it takes so long to create animated movies. I don't uh, feel yeah. like they get as much totally. hype and there's not as many. They're more expensive. Yeah, but they're amazing. You know, I also miss like legit old timey animatronic movies. <laughs> to create real art takes time. And you have a limited amount of people that do that medium in particular and trying to rush them is not a good idea. Right. You'd have a revolt real quick. <laughs> they don't like that. So that's a lack yeah. of control and a lot of money. Well, I mean, uh, Hollywood's about churning out as many movies that are yeah. profitable as quickly totally. as possible. Yeah. So. It's all a money-making machine. Which I could segue into a side story how a bunch of Hollywood executives have moved into the game industry and they've been ruining the game industry because they're bringing Hollywood practices to the video game industry. But we won't go down that hole right now because no, I will go off. Not a bad. No, I think you should. I think it's really. So basically, that's the long and short of it is essentially Hollywood has seen that video games have been more profitable for years than the Hollywood industry because it's a bigger market, it's more accessible, and it's something people can return to again and again and again as opposed mm -hmm. to we're going to have a date night, we're going to go see this movie. Well, think about it how much you make off of a game versus i mean granted a movie ticket costs like what 20 bucks <laughs> yeah i mean you figure you figure like a date night for a movie is you know two people you know you're at least spending like 20 to 30 bucks depending upon what time you're going in the day and whereas a video game you you pay 60 bucks straight out the gate from that's like the average price for a new game and you aren't um, even guaranteed a blowjob <laughs> yeah exactly you just <laughs> you just guaranteed sadness. Uh -uh. <laughs> he said shitting on his favorite hobby. <laughs> oh no. I bet no shitty harp. <laughs> this article says uh, I don't know how accurate it is, but it says in July 2018 video game market is worth more than music and movies combined. Yeah. Dude, we were in Manhattan for fucking comic-con and we made our way to brooklyn where the event was the entire time we were there it was amazing i was seeing every ethnicity of every character known to the comic world all fucking day long for like several days in a row oh, yeah. it was fucking amazing but yeah like that's the thing i like about the geek culture like when it's cool it could be really fucking cool because they embrace oh yeah captain marvel can be a muslim woman because like there's a there's a comic book run it's in captain marvel the young daughter i can't remember her name right now but she's kind of like captain marvel's auntie to this young girl and in, in this the comic book series she grows up and she takes over the captain marvel role when captain marvel dies okay oh, wow. so it's like you know, she's she's a young muslim woman and so she becomes basically captain marvel in that universe is kind of super op like overpowered yeah and basically can defeat most everything in the universe she comes across so it, it's nice to see like oh the nice representation of people of color of different face in this and that's kind of the cool thing about i feel like all comic stuff is it's 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 yeah. way more encompassing I mean, than i mean i felt like i was at comic-con when i was walking the streets of fucking new york while comic-con was going on there i was just like this is as you guys know a very private person and like i was like oh my god can i can i take a picture with you yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like anytime I've gone to a con, they're fun because like everybody's there celebrating the thing you like. Right. Everybody's there like, we love this thing. We're going to celebrate it and we're going to dress up in costumes. We're all going to hang out and we're just going to enjoy ourselves because we all like. This says here, the most profitable games of all time is Red Dead Redemption 2, which really. Oh, 700 700- Seven hundred fifty million in the first three days. Which, yeah, it's crazy. It, we have really been looking at trying to find the most cost-effective way of playing this game, and we're just like, we think the new one's coming out soon, via your knowledge. So we're kind of hedging our bets. But I'm like, ah. Oh. The problem is it with that is it might not be backwards compatible. So sometimes they do that, sometimes they don't. We did learn that. That's funny that you say that because that's something people need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if the if the five is coming out. We could get the yeah. four. But he's saying we could be stuck with an anchor. They could be. We could spend oh. all that money for just that you one could, game. You could buy five, and then you have to wait like probably another year till they remade it, quote unquote, for the P- PlayStation Five kind of thing. Because that that's what they do. That's annoying. Yeah. Well, it's it's an again, it's that Hollywood tactic of how much money can we bleed out of you. It's like, oh, this this franchise you really like. Well, we're going to release a new system, but we're not going to put it out right away. Then we're going to re-release it a little bit later oh and be like, hey, God. you're going to buy it at sixty dollars again because you paid for it sixty dollars when it first came out. That's fucked. And they they did that with Grand Theft Auto. It came out on PlayStation Three, and like a year later, the PlayStation Four was came out, and then like Ooh, that's criminal. Maybe about a year later after that. They said, oh, hey, we've got a PlayStation 4 version of Grand Theft Auto Five. That's crazy. That now you can play. Yeah, that, that's that's the insidious part of Hollywood sneaking into the gaming industry. Because when it was small, it was just run by gamers, people who just like to play video games. Well, I think I think the real term is greedy people. Yeah, greedy people. <laughs> Cap- Goddamn capitalists. They're in everything. There's good and bad mm. in everything. Everybody's always after me, lucky charms. <laughs> Totally. What What's the second one on the list? Is it Grand Theft uh, Auto Five? Grand Theft Auto Five, and then actually the sixth one is Tetris. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, it's Red Dead Two and Grand Theft Auto Five. Can you play Grand Theft with like a real steering wheel? I love those. Maybe on PC, not uh, like a PlayStation or anything. Right, a computer. Right. Damn it. I love arcade games. I haven't seen it done. All these articles are saying how much more it's worth. This this is uh, old statistics, but in 2014, the global revenue of games was estimated at 8.6 billion. In 2014, the movie industry grossed 36.4. So that's 50 billion dollars more for gaming than movies in 2014. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's it's a huge industry. Well. You know, you got to figure if you spend 60 bucks on a game, let's say Red Dead, the most popular game ever made. I, according to my logs, I've logged 130 hours into it and I've only spent 60 bucks as opposed to a movie where I, you know, will go by myself. I'll spend like 10 to 15, depending upon, again, time of day. And I get like two hours of entertainment. Right. Yeah. That's that's why video games are great. It's a cost benefit analysis. I still like Dr. Mario. (laughs) Oh, Dr. Mario is great. And if you own if you own a PlayStation Switch and or not PlayStation Switch, yes, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, you can play it on there. They have the classic collection. If you sign on for their online service, which I think it's like twenty bucks for a year, you can play all their old school like Super Nintendo and Nintendo games That's cool. for twenty bucks. I'm not really. I'm into like very weird games. Tetris. I was into some fighting games, some card games. That was it. I just... Yeah, Tetris is one of those 
like classics. They came out with a new one that's free to play right now. It's called Tetris 99. And it's basically that genre that's called Battle Royale. Like <laughs> if you guys heard of Fortnite. Oh, yeah. Where it's like 100 players enter, one player leaves kind of thing. Yeah. And But it's that with Tetris. So like 100 players enter, they can attack each other, they can defend. And they basically play Tetris till the last last man standing kind of thing. That's crazy. And it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Look at her go. But yeah, it, looping back around to Spider-Man and Spider-Verse, visually really cool, great story, great voice acting. And you know, it, it tells a story of a Spider-Man that's a, a young black man from Brooklyn. So it's, it's cool, again, going back to representation. It's nice to see like a different Spider-Man because there are those comic book series of various versions of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And they Why all kind of... <laughs> nope. <laughs> is it anyone notable as the voices or yeah donald glover was originally supposed to be in uh, miles morales oh zoe kravitz isn't it yeah but you can't see her she's animated <laughs> oh i saw her <laughs> <laughs> there there is uh nick cage he plays the spider-man noir which is a spider-man who is comes from a black and white universe oh funny jake johnson if you know him from a uh, new girl marcella ali from he's from the wire he's from house of cards okay really great actor lily tomlin's yeah. in it she's aunt may oh nice and john mulaney <laughs> oh, who Mulaney. actually just had a recent saturday night live here this year which was hysterical and i highly recommend you watching it oh yeah john mulaney is fucking funny i love <laughs> he's him spider ham <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Ham. Spins a web, that's the gig. Kind of weird cast, he's a pig. Look out. That's interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend it because that's probably one of my favorite movies of 2018. For sure. I check it. Well, I'm going to let you go. I'm over here looking at Zoe Kravitz because I clicked on her face after. She requires a monitor. <laughs> I clicked on her, her itty-bitty picture in the Spider-Verse IMDb page, and I was like, hello. <laughs> Hi, hello, how are you? I will fuck and marry you, but not kill you. <laughs> for Sheasel. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of Tripace Pod. Look forward to hearing our voices in your ear holes once again at the beginning of next month. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Tripace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud because it stimulates dopamine production in our brains every time you do. You can creep on us from afar at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Tripace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at TripacePod.com. And as always, you're awesome. Her her music I own on vinyl because like you those are albums you can listen from beginning to end. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Fuck! And, uh, oh. sorry. Wow. Sorry, sorry. So we're not doing farts, we're just doing burps. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Like, you ain't one. fucking her and not coming back. You're staying right here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I'm impressed. Everything's gonna get you. Everything's gonna get you.
But these are tried. 